Welcome back once again, Talking Animals. We got another treat for y'all this week. You know, we just finished a series on non-monogamy. We talked about ethical non-monogamy, which is very interesting. We use an umbrella reference to talk about the different prongs. We talked about uh, unethical, unethical non-monogamy. And uh, that, that got real interesting and real crazy, too. You know, who knew that um, the, the side chicks would be... Uh, I'm a shit, I'm just going to say it. They was more interesting than side <laughs> niggas. They just were. But, you know... Um, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Hope that y'all enjoy this series. But we're going to start something else up now um, as we continue season three. We want to elevate this. Shit. We're on a new level, level three, if you will. And uh, this series that we're going to start is going to be our debate series. And the topic will be the protection of black men and women. Now, for those of you that think like Beezy, we're not talking about prophylactics, not that type of protection. <laughs> We're talking about the protection as in of our people, right? Um, and again, specifically black men and women. And I guess this week we got Mel and Jay. Now, if y'all, Mel, you want to say something? You want to say your full name or something? Because I'm going to refer to you as Mel throughout this debate. Yes, I am Melody Bailey Williams and glad to be here. Thank you. And uh, Jay? Yeah, man. Uh, it's Dr. Jamel Hodges. Uh, yeah, I'm just happy to be here. Oh, Jay, a doctor. <laughs> oh, that's don't do that. Hey, man, don't do me like that, man. Don't do me like that. <laughs> <laughs> you did that. Uh, you did that. <laughs> hey, man, you said hey, full, you said full you name and shit, you know? Yeah, hey, I feel you, though. I ain't mad at you, man. You, you, you did it. Now. I ain't mad, though. I'm like, okay, brother. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Can, you I, know, introduce, can hey. I introduce myself, Neat? Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Beezy. Introduce yourself, too. Ahead, I, I'm I'm Beezy. Uh, GPA was 2.2, not daughter. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. You know, I ain't even going to go that, bro. Beezy, hey, Beezy that 2.2, Beezy was proud of. I'm going to let y'all know that. Proud. I'm going to let y'all know that. I don't know that man struggled up. I'm like, wow. <laughs> but uh, listen, we, you know, we like to go ahead and start fast. We won't hold y'all much longer. We're going to hop right into this debate. I'm going to tell y'all what the rules are. Because, of course, I guess I already know. It's going to be a traditional style debate. You know, there's going to be a buzzer. There's going to be time answers. We're going to ask questions. Each person will get, a, get an opportunity to answer the same question. There will be a two-minute response time. Uh, if a person is one of the guests is finished answering before the time for the two minutes, they will just say that they're done. Just let us know that they're done. We'll move on to the next question. If you are still talking um, and you hear the buzzer at the two minutes, then we will not listen to whatever it is that you have to say. So without any further ado, uh, you know, we ain't do no coin flip or nothing like that. So we're just going to keep it uh, Southern and have the ladies go first. The lady. So are you guys ready? Ready. All right. Ready. All right. All right, Mel, you being the lady, you go first. The first question is, what makes you feel unprotected as a black woman? 
Okay. As a black woman, I feel that um, the the major thing that a lot of black women don't feel from our black men is respected. We don't Mm -hmm. feel heard. We don't feel understood. And we don't feel that we have a soft place to fall. I had a friend a lot of years ago, she's adopted, had issues, and she, she said something very interesting that stuck out to me. She said she's never felt like anybody's baby. Like she's never felt that she's been somebody's baby. And that yeah. was really interesting to me. And I feel like that's what Black women feel. Like who values us? Who sees value in us? Who cherishes us? Who who sees us as their baby, you know? Um, For black women, we're never given the space and the opportunity to figure out who we are. It's like, okay, you have to look this way. You have to sound this way. You have to carry yourself this way. You have to do these things and you have to make me okay with you in order to get love. We get those messages everywhere. We get them from our parents. We get them from the people that we date. We get them from the media. We get them from white men, from white women. We get them everywhere. And that is that is the problem. We don't have a space where we can say, figure out, okay, whether I choose to be a church girl or whether I choose to be ratchet or rather I choose to be whatever it is. And that's right. nothing, nothing happens. That was a great answer. I didn't know which way you were going to go with that. Um, but uh, thank you for your answer. Jay? Yeah. Um, I think as a, as a black man, I think that we, we're not allowed to have emotions. Um, I, or I would say the only emotions that we're allowed to have are those that will make us as masculine as possible. Um, some would say that that's self-imposed, but I will, I will submit this. Um, when we look at the type of men that are that are glorified, right? Um, men that are um, put in spaces or looked at as um, the model or, or those who be the more popular guys, they're not your softer guys. They're not your guys that are in tune with their emotions. They're not your guys who, uh, you know, can be that soft guy for you at, at any given moment. Um, and so with that, you struggle, right? Uh, and, and, and it's perpetuated. I, I feel like in our society in general, black men are just not going to be protected, have never been protected, never will be protected um, in, in our society. Uh, it, it, the value of what a black man is, specifically in America, um, it, it really to one specific corner. You know, like we're surprised when um, a black man is in engineering or we're surprised like like earlier you know and, and not you know knocking anybody on the call but earlier i was like oh yeah dr jamel Hyde, right it's like oh doctor like like we're surprised you know and it's not you know um something that anybody intentionally does but it's in, it's, it's so ingrained in our society that society as a whole is surprised when when black men do specific things so i think you know going back to you know the emotion piece of it um when men do display emotions, they're uh, too soft or they're not man enough or they're playing the victim or all of these different things. And so, you know, we're, we're stuck trying to figure out those emotions on our own.
right? That's your time. It's a good answer as well. BZ left uh, one with either of y'all like to comment briefly. Y'all get one minute if you do, not two. Hey, I just want to say that I'm not surprised that black men are doctors. I say it jokingly, but I love to hear it. So uh, definitely not surprised. And um, I agree with both of y'all points. And to Mel's uh, point, I just want to point out, I just want to say that uh, probably around the year of 2013, I was sitting at Applebee's. We done took a couple trips to Europe since then. So my wife ain't big on Applebee's as she used to be. But we were sitting at Applebee's, <laughs> and I remember telling her, like, I felt like at that point in my life that she saved my life. And since then, years later, we've had a daughter and I feel like my life has been saved a second time. So I hate that women feel like they never felt like they were someone's baby or loved by someone because I love the women that surround me. And I just mm. want to be able to say that. Thing. Say that. I, I, I always say each one teach one because I feel like if I push that onto another man, then hopefully he'll push it onto another man. But I agree with both of you know, what, what both of y'all said. Yeah, your time up. I ain't actually turning time on. Your time up, though, B. That was a good answer, though. That was good. Yeah, Lamp, you got something? BZ already said it all. All right. Yeah, that was good, BZ. We should have put you in one of these debates. You can't say nothing else. Don't say I'll probably would get killed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, next question. Uh, we'll start with, uh, with you this time, Jay. Um, who do you feel is the greatest threat? to the black male that's a very very good question i it's and, and from the from the societal standpoint i think it's a trick question um because we got to think about it from from a lot of different perspectives right? right um i think perspective number one we have to we have to be very honest with it um and, and say you know white people in general are um a threat to, to to black men um not necessarily saying that white people have a malicious intent behind the things that they do all the time, although there are many times where there, there is a malicious intent, but we have to realize where the power is held um, in our country, and that's where the power is held. Um, so when we look at things in our history, it wasn't black people doing things to black people that um, that really put us in a position you know, to, to be downtrodden and to be marginalized and everything like that. It, it, it was white Americans. Um, so we have to be very, very, very honest about that part of it. Um, from the Tuskegee trials to specific laws being put in place to what we see right now with the Confederate monuments, right? Like the Confederate monuments were were put up in two different times, put up in the 1920s and 30s. And then also they spiked again in the civil rights movement in the 60s. Um, but they were specifically put in a way or, or in a time to um, discourage black people from claiming their voice um, in America. Uh, but we have to be honest and hold accountability, right? Uh, so at times black people can be our own worst enemy. Um, and, and we end up hurting ourselves a lot of times, um, without any help from anyone else. And so, uh, we do deserve some accountability in, in our current state. However, when we talk about the largest threat to it, I would say, uh, white people in America in, in general. Mm. Mm. All right. Great answer, man. Um, Male, uh, similar question, except for replace the the male with females. Who, who do you feel is the greatest threat to the black female? Okay, very interesting question, very loaded question, and I agree with Jay. But for black women, I would have to say unequivocally, 
the black man is the biggest threat to the black people. Here's why I say that. Um, so women, as women, okay, if we go back to, you know, if we go back centuries, we know the story of women and girls. Women and girls are very much so, um, let's see, uh, under-respected and basically are property. Just like you walk in the furniture store and buy a couch, women were treated the exact same way. Then you add on top of that my black skin. So again, <laughs> property, we have it dual. Yes, black men were bought and sold. They were enslaved. They were tortured, are still being killed. But you don't have that dynamic where your gender actually puts another barrier up. So we don't even get to the white people yet because we haven't even gotten past the issues that we have inside our own race. So mm. there's a saying that black men are the white men of the black race. And while black men are very much so oppressed outside, they're not really oppressed inside. You know, especially if they're cis het, if they were born male and they identify as male, then and they heter heterosexual, then they don't see the issues and they don't see the problems that the black women have to face in our race and that the LGBTQ community have to face within our race. So that's why I say we, we haven't even gotten to the point of dealing with the issues outside our race because of what we deal with inside. That's your time. You know, uh, I find it interesting that you're, you know, both the answers were different, but the same in that, you know, Jay acknowledged that, you know, the greatest enemy, you know, is, is of course the, you know, white people in general. But he talked about how, you know, we can be enemies within our own race. But from his perspective, he said as a white people in general, and Mel, you said that it is the black man before we even get to the white man. So it would almost seems like that it plays to the, you know, the, the perspective that uh, Jay has. So that was interesting. Yeah. Can, I, yeah. can I jump in real quick and say something? Sure, man. So what she was just talking about, multiple levels of oppression that women have and, um, well, black women in general, because they, they have the right, they're the racial minority and the the gender minority. So that intersectionality, that, that's what the term is. And for those of you who are listening, Kimberly Crenshaw um, has a video on uh, of her TEDx talk what she specifically talks about intersectionality and black women and what that means um, to black women. So I'm not rebuttaling anything she said, but just giving you all the resource um, to, uh, you know, kind of expound on what she said. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Now this next question, uh, we'll start uh, with you, uh, Mill. Um, and this is really going to get into where we expect to hear uh, differences of opinions. Uh, first two questions we wanted to establish where everyone was, but you know, this next question, you know, we ask is is stating that black men or women don't protect one another not demeaning the value of the other? For me, I think it is the absolute exact opposite. I think that when we say that we don't feel respected and protected, we're exalting our men 
to say, hey, guys, you know, we need you. We need you to reclaim the throne. I'm not running out around here. You don't see black women running and saying, you know what? White men don't protect us. You don't hear us saying, well, we don't, we don't, we don't, give a, we don't care. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're not the ones that matter to us. Is not their love and their attention and their care and their covering that we're craving. We want that from black men. And when we don't get it, that's when we get all up in arms and everything else is going on. So, you know, there's, there's a few things about that. You know, they love to say, okay, women like to emasculate men, which don't even get me started on that. Um, but here's the thing. If you are the head, you be the head. If my kid is out here hungry or whatever, I can't sit there and blame the kid. Why? Because I'm the head. It's my job to make sure my kid is taken care of. So I can't turn around and say, that kid deparented me. You know, it just, <laughs> like, you, know, you, buy that. you know what I'm saying? It is my job. It is my obligation to ensure that that child has what he or she needs. And when that does not happen, I can't put the blame on anybody but myself. So I think it's the absolute opposite. We're saying, hey, look, hear me, understand me, revere me, love me, you know, see me as your queen, adore me, do all of those things, put me first. And if you don't do that, then I am incomplete. I can't be who God created me to be because I have to somehow make up for what I'm missing with you being off your throne. Wow. That's a very interesting perspective. Uh, um, so, you know, in short, it sounds like, well, you said it, you know, you feel like it's the exact opposite. It's not demeaning at all. Jay, Jay, your, your two minutes, um, you know, it's stating, it's stating black men and women, you know, don't protect one another, not demeaning the value of the other. I don't think it is. Uh, so, so I know you expected a difference of opinion on this, um, but I, I don't think it's demeaning at all. Um I think it's even we go a little we have to go a little a little bit further. Right. Um, so as a black man, I can't really speak about what anybody else does. Right. Like um, I can say I can say all day. Oh, yeah. Black women don't protect black men, blah, 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 blah. But then we see day to day that that's not true. Like black women go extremely hard for black men all the time. Um, but as a, but as a black man, <laughs> Uh, as a black man, I do think that it is extremely important for us to also show up for black women. But that's where we typically um, we shit the bed uh, when it when it comes to that. Um, and so as a black man, like holding other black men accountable um, for protecting it and, 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 you know, come to black women's defense. So, for example, Kamala Harris. Right. Like she was the first black Asian-American vice president candidate female right but every i see so many men so many black men ready to say oh she's not actually black or she's not this or she's not that and it's like bro you literally just had barack obama who was most multiracial and he's the first black president but here we go with kamala kamala harris as the first female black Asian American candidate and she ain't black enough like we gotta stop I personally think as black men we gotta stop doing stuff like that because what ends up happening is we tear a rift in our own communities um, black women don't feel protected by us and so then we get mad when white women when black women go date white men 
Well, why you think that's happening? You know what I'm saying? So I don't I don't think that it, it's demeaning the value of the other one. Um, but I do think that we gotta hold each other and ourselves accountable. Warren, I know you wanted to say something. Um, um one minute. So as far as Kamala, like, um, I haven't heard many people say anything about her not being black, but most of what she did to black men, um, is that's what's been harder for you to get over. But as far as uh, you know, with both of you with demeaning, it almost seems like it's it's I know it's holding the other accountable, but it also seems to me like it's also targeting the black man once again. You know what I mean? Because like when you see it on Facebook and they're going back and forth, it's not like good rhetoric. It's mostly excuse me, black man ain't shit. You know what I mean? So also <laughs> oh, now you want to excuse your language? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know everybody kind of changed their voice when we got on the phone with Mel and Jay. I I call him Jamel. I call them both a male, you know. And right, I just realized right. after I said it. But anywho, like, I don't know. I just, I think it put black people on um, black men. Like, I think we just being held at accountability by everybody. It definitely was two minutes, too. No, that was one. It seemed like two because you probably ain't used to talking that long. It's okay. Yeah, y'all, Carnegie <laughs> and B's are the only one to get a full thought out in it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, we gonna have a rip. We ain't even made no real money yet. Let me hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna change up my voice and everything because we talking to professional people. So let's go ahead and set the mode right now. Like, y'all want regular one or y'all want professional one? <laughs> Bruh, I just want to move on to the next question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're gonna get then. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we want potluck one. We want potluck one. That's Pot what we up. want. Oh, I don't know that. I don't know that she gonna work. Cause I just said excuse me. <laughs> but go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Hey, who were first last? I mail you did. All right. Jay, we'll start with you on this on this question. Uh, uh-huh. So per per the Washington Post, twenty eighteen, about seven uh, percent of rapes attempted and attempted rapes. End with felony conviction for the perpetrator. Zero point seven. Zero point seven percent. Excuse me. Uh, end with felony conviction for the perpetrator. What role do you think that plays in women of color having the desire to come forward? Well, I, uh, I mean, we're gonna be we're gonna be one hundred percent honest about this thing, man. Like, there's so many people, so many women in my um, in my immediate circle who have uh, talked about being molested or or something you know, um, in their childhood. So having things like that actually happen, pushed under the rug um, and not ever talked about, it's the, it's the taboo thing to talk about at Thanksgiving, right? Like, don't bring it up that Uncle Cleotis, you know what I'm saying, touched, you know what I'm saying, your cousin when she was 13 years old. Like, nah, we got to stop that bull. I think, and I'm not going to excuse my French. That is bullshit. Um, yeah. and, and, oh, that, and that happens. Hell yeah, I got a warning with you, bro. But um, <laughs> I think that's bu- I think that's bullshit in our communities, man. I think one of the things that that really um, agitates black women is that the victim blaming um, that we do so many times in our in our community. Um, her skirt was too short. Oh, she's out here having sex with this person, this person, this person. I don't care if a person's had sex with fifty people. 
if she did not choose to have sex with this person, that person forced herself on them to make her uh, her her body count jump to fifty one. She is just as much a victim as the virgin who was raped. And I think what we've done in our communities is that we've oversexualized our women to the point where it's like, hey, what do you do to make him want you? Nah, that's bullshit. What did he? What he did? What he did was blah 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 blah. You know what I'm saying? And we hold them accountable. But I think what what for um, for our specific communities, we have not done a good job of empowering anybody, men or women, to uh, to talk about the molestation, the rape, um, and everything that has happened in people's childhoods. They're forced to deal with that alone, and then it requires so much therapy when they become adults. Mm. Mel, are you ready? Would you like me? Jay, that was a wonderful. It answer. was. You like legit moved my brain and took my answer. Oh, you. You, you, <laughs> that want, was you want me to repeat the question so you could think? Yeah, but um, <laughs> this two minute thing ain't gonna work on this. I need an extra minute, man. <laughs> extra minute. All right, Jay, we are gonna give you an extra minute on something else, bro. All right, so, I'm with you. <laughs> all right, all right, three minutes, man. Okay, so with that, let's go back to the property thing. Okay, so patriarchy says that men can own women, which means that women don't have agency over their person, which means that men are able to do what they want, when they want, how they want with women. This started centuries ago. It's everywhere we look and we don't pay attention to it. That's why I said the main two things that I hate, the two biggest problems that I feel across the globe that exist are patriarchy and white supremacy. Now we can break down, we can talk about rape, we can talk about racism, we can talk all, about all of these things, but these things are strictly remnants of those two creations. And if we were to really deal with those two creations, this other stuff, you would see how small it is, it would fall by the wayside. So when something is your property, again, I'll go to the couch, okay? Nobody's going to walk me in the house and tell me not to cut up my couch. Like literally nobody's going to come in here and care if I let my dog piss on my couch, eat it up, chew it up, whatever, because it is my property. You know, this thing is, it, it doesn't have feelings or if it does have feelings, I don't even recognize it. And that's how, you know, that's what patriarchy did for women. So over the years, it created a lot more things. It created the rape culture and all the things that Jay was just speaking about. And in the black community specifically, we are still dealing with the traumas, obviously, of, you know, what happened with my ancestors, our forefathers. And we're still dealing with the fact that, you know, we, we haven't come out of survival mode yet. So right now, as, as a people, when it comes to our women and even our boys, because it's not just females that deal with this, males deal with this as well. The, the statistically, I think it's about four out of six for girls and about three out of six boys who have experienced some form of molestation whether it's inappropriate touching or full-out rape um so yeah so anyway so we haven't dealt with that yet and if you say 0.07 percent is what's solved i would say that that number is humongous here's why because most cases never even make it to being reported well, that was part of the question you know, Mel. Sorry, to sorry to interrupt sorry to interrupt i want to i want to uh -huh. say uh that was part of the question though is what let me pause the, the timer what what role do you think that plays in in the women of color having the desire to come forward 
Yeah, and that's exactly what I was getting to. So that 0.07% would be an improvement because the fact of the matter is, is that I'll take situations of people that I know. You know, when they finally do get the balls to tell and they go and tell somebody, the thing is flipped back on them. Uh, well, what did you do as a five-year-old? Or why did you sit on his lap? Why did you take candy from him? A five-year-old. How the hell is a five-year-old supposed to put piece together taking candy means he's going to come in my room in the middle of the night and touch me inside my underwear? Like, they can't piece that together. But for whatever reason, that's the reasoning that we have put on our children. And even with, and I use R. Kelly as, as an example, what's the, oh, she was fast. She wanted it. She was hot in the ass. I blame the parents. No. <laughs> if we start to put the blame on the perpetrator, where it belongs, then we can have that. So when we know that nobody's going to hear us, nobody's going to care, then why tell? Why tell? And one other thing is the threat of, I'm going to hurt your family. I'm going to hurt this thing. I'm going to take that from you. If you're in the, in the entertainment industry, oh, well, yeah, I'm not going to let you go on tour. You know, there's so many different ways that these people hold these things over women's heads. And that's what keeps them from telling. And the fact that we still already aren't covered, that plays into it, too. I do so, want to say I'm not blaming the parents, per se, with sending their kids to R. Kelly, but my daughter sure as fuck ain't going to his mansion. Now, they, they got to no, take not, some not, accountability. I'm not saying that they lack accountability, but the, the fact of the matter is the reason we have door locks is because we have thieves. You know what I'm saying? So at some point, we have to say, you know what, let's deal with the issue. The issue is not the the door. It's the person who's coming through the door that's not supposed to. So if we put the blame back on them. Yes, you do still lock your door, which is that parental accountability. But let's deal with the guy who's still trying to get in the house because my mom always said, you, you can't hide nothing from a thief. And that man is going to get these kids because that's just what he wanted to do. And if we deal with that, then maybe people will feel more comfortable and say, you know, if I came and told you guys, I know you'll hear me. So let me come and tell you. I also think, um, I think it would improve uh, if more boys slash men came forward as well. Yeah. yeah. I think that it would increase. And if they weren't, if they weren't clowned or, um, you know, mistreated or emasculated for coming forward, right. I really feel like a huge part. I mean, we saw that on what was that? It was a show, uh, Thirty Reasons Why, when when everybody was you know talking about them being um, victims of, of sexual assault. You know what I mean? Like when the men, yeah. when the when the when the boys, um, you know, spoke out and said, "Hey, I'm a victim as well." You know what I mean? Like it was like, <gasps> yes, it happens to guys too. You know, like while it isn't normal behavior, it still happens. So you as a victim should not feel ashamed because it happens to it has happened to all of us hey it's Niggy, and y'all might be tired of hearing me talk you know because i'm typically hosting the show but i got something else i want to say and i need y'all to listen during the quarantine which was for me like about three months your boy gained a lot of weight and if you listen to the show you already know i'm fat like, but I got like extra fat during the quarantine. So I knew I had to do something and FNX fit was just the right thing at just the right time to help me 
overcome the weight that I gained during quarantine and they provide premier health supplements that are designed to help athletes, which, you know, I used to be one of those, but it also is for people starting their fitness journey, like kind of like myself right now. So you get to have something of quality that, that you can trust without any extra fillers. And for those of you that don't know what extra fillers are, that's just like that stuff that you can't pronounce that are any like your supplements that you really don't want because you just want your supplement to do what you're buying it to do so that you can get the best results. And that's what the the products of FNX Fit do, do for you. You get the boost you need or the, you know, the the results that you're looking for without having to worry about all kinds of extra stuff being in your body and getting those things that you don't want. And right now, uh, you can look for the products to help you in your fitness journeys um, by using our referral link, which you'll see listed with our podcast, using their referral links um, or the promo code FNXTAPodcast, excuse me, FNXTAPodcast to get 15% off right now. So make sure you hit it up, use the link or use the promo code to get that 15% off. Let us know what you think of the products. I think you're going to be happy. Again, you're getting the, the result with all the other extra. Again, this is Nigi. I'm out of here. Make sure y'all check us out. Yeah. Yeah. That was a deep one. Um, so we move to the next question. Um, Mel, you're first this time. Um, the next question is uh, NCADV, the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. States one in two female murder victims are killed by intimate partners. Um, in your opinion, why is this so common? Okay. Um, a personal story of a person that we were involved with. Um, I'm sure you guys have heard the story. I won't talk about the person's name, but her boyfriend killed her um, after she started dating somebody else. And um killed her like not too far from her house. I don't remember all the details. It's been a while ago, but I had a chance to speak with her mother and her sister. And I really wanted to jump across the table and choke her mom. I really did because this woman, she had been abused. Her mother had been abused, her grandmother, her daughter had been abused and killed. And she had another daughter who was currently in an abusive relationship and she had a daughter like a, a, a toddler and I'm and she's just the whole time she's taken on this victim thing and don't get me wrong there there is I lost a child so I get that you know with that she the, the level of grief but it was the lack of accountability that drove me absolutely nuts and it was like you've been abused all these women have been abused you grew up watching it you raised your daughters in it. Now you're raising your granddaughter in it. Your daughter died because of it. And you still can't see that you need to change something. And am I blaming her? Absolutely not, because I'm not going to blame the victim. But this is the door lock, okay? This isn't the person that's coming through the door. This is the door lock, where she is completely neglecting to even realize that the door isn't even shut. You know, so if she could have, say, maybe, you know what? Something's happening here. We have generations of women who are being abused. And now my daughter, I had to bury my daughter because of it. And I have a granddaughter that's left behind this, you know, a small, this a toddler. It's time for me to change something. But instead she talked about, oh, and this happened to me and that happened to me. And I just wanted to jump across the table at her and like, lady, wake up, please. Wake up. 
you know, so I, I, it, it, I don't know. It, it's, it just, it really frustrates me. That situation frustrated me. But I just really feel like if we had a system that cared enough to really prosecute these people, that things would actually change. Hmm. Jay, uh, let us know whenever you want to use your extra one minute that mail guy. Uh, it, it doesn't have to be this one, but just let us know. Uh, oh, yeah, I know. I'm banking it. I'm banking it. Yeah, I, I got it. I got it. <laughs> I got it right there. I got it written down. You know, so you got one extra minute now. Um, uh, but uh, same question to you, man. The, uh, the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence states one or two female murder victims are killed by intimate partners. You know, why, why do you think it's so common? Um, the same reason black on black crime is common. Now, back up. Black on black crime is a term that people have created. But we have to be honest when people live together, uh, in the same vicinity, they're gonna enact crime against each other, right? Like that's that's just sheer sociology of the situation, right? Like some people are gonna treat people great, some people are gonna treat people terribly, um, but they're they're in close proximity with each other, and women are not um, uh, molded to be or, or uh, taught to be aggressive, taught to be violent or anything like that. Um, they are taught to stand up for themselves. Um, meanwhile, men are taught to be aggressive. Men are taught to be violent. We play violent sports. Um, told man up. You know, men don't cry, blah, 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 blah. So we're emotionally deficient um, in, in a lot of areas. And so I think the reason why we see a lot of these, uh, the female murder victims being killed by their intimate partners um, is because a lot of women are not coming coming at um, uh, uh, incidents or arguments, disagreements, or whatever from a violent space. They're coming at it from a now they may they may come at it from a from a verbally abusive space. I mean, I've seen that, but from a like outright violent space, not not all the time. Especially when we have with um, with men, um, like we we know right, like men are naturally stronger than women. So a lot of times you'll see where um, guys will just feel like they got to assert their dominance to prove that they're the man of the house or whatever it may be, or the man in the situation. Um, but that's that toxic masculinity that, that, that rears his ugly head in, in relationships. Um, but uh, it's, it's unfortunate, but it's our reality, right? Like we unfortunately have to deal with the fact that men have to assert dominance um, in, in their um, positions. Okay. Let me... Can I please say something? I know my time is up. We already gave you an extra you, minute now. Are you about to rebut? <laughs> you can't rebut, man. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not, it's, not, it's not a rebut. It's not a rebut. Okay. Let me let me just say this. So my mom um, very much so abused by my, my father. Um, even she was hit in the head with a hammer. She she dealt with a lot of abuse. I'm the younger part of the family, so I didn't see a lot of it. I just heard the stories. But what I gather from it, and it's the same thing that happened with her um, father. Um, the thing is that she would tell us how, you know, he would go out um, after he got off work on Friday when he got his paycheck and he would get drunk, come home and beat her. We all heard these stories. But what I found interesting that I kind of pieced together, and it seems like it trickled down, was that you know, he would get a har harassed a lot. This was like back in the, 
you know, the 50s and 60s, 70s, he would get harassed a lot by the police doing simple stuff. You know, um, and my dad is who I'm talking about. If he walked past a three-year-old white kid, he was expected to give this kid respect. So here you are, a grown man with children at home with the wife, but you walk past a three-year-old white boy and you're, you have to basically lay your dignity down to this child. And otherwise it's going to be an issue. So my dad had issues with, you know, the police and fighting with police and this and that. So I find that on the outside, the men did not get the respect from the white men. And a lot of times they came home and they took that frustration out on their wives and sometimes their children, because that's their space. That's the space that they can control. They couldn't put that out there, but that's uh, the, the reason why a lot of black women were abused and it kind of trickled down. So that's what I wanted to add to it. Sorry. That's, that's a good, that, is, that was a good story, man. I just want to let you know that you took that one minute though. You know, I, <laughs> no, no hard feelings. It was a good story, but you took that one minute. Like that. <laughs> I mean, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. That was a good story. That was a good story. And I, I mean, she, she actually basically said what I was going to say because I agree with both of them. But Mel actually hit it because I was going to say I've heard stories of like similar where black men back during those times, they, because they were treated like shit. Like, like you were the king of your home, but outside of your home, you was basically treated like gum on the bottom of a white man's shoe. So it's like when you came home where yep. you were already treated like a king in a lot of instances, they felt as though they had to do more because they weren't getting that respect outside of the home. And it led to more things than necessary. So definitely, I agree with both of them. And they were very deep answers. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what we expected, some deep shit. So, you know, we're going to move on to the uh, the next question. Uh, so according to the last census, uh, black male population in the U.S. is approximately 21 million versus 21.7 million black women. Uh, with that, over 200 black men on average each year have been shot dead by police over the last three years. So, you know, roughly about 600. Um, in that time span. And there are another 6.8 million black men that are currently incarcerated. Now, listening to both of you, and it seems like the the, the point of agreeance is that the, the black male has not done a good job or needs to do more to protect the black woman. Does this mean that black males may need more protection considering there's about 600 of them that die at the hands of police? and another 7 million of the 21 million that are incarcerated. This is for you first, uh, Jay. Oh, cool. I want my one minute right here. Okay, cool. You good? All right. So um, first off, I don't think that protection and uh, the way that we typically think about protection is is what's needed. Um, I think protection in the sense of we have to do a better job on the front end with our little boys right like our little black boys as they're growing up there are research at peer-reviewed research articles um that have come out that state that prisons are built based on the third grade reading level of black men so um our our third grade little black boys um are 
already labeled as criminals if they can't read on a certain level. That's not that's it's not that kid's fault that they can't read on a certain level. Um, I think we have to put blame on the parents and the black community as a whole. What we have not done a good job of is um, community education, making sure our community is is uh, abreast of all of the different uh, resources that are out there for them, providing those resources for them um, and making sure that even though you may you may build this prison, are making sure that our kids don't go to those prisons. Um, as far as protection in the typical sense goes, um, there does come a point in time as an adult where protection from our community isn't good enough. Um, we look at Philando Castile. There was nothing Philando Castile could have done differently. There's nothing the community could have done for Philando Castile that would allow that would have him here uh, right now. What we do see, though, is that there are systems that are put in place that have not protected black people in general from uh, from the, the, the court system to the criminal justice system to the education system. So I think when we start talking about positions of power and things like that, black people need to be in those positions of power to advocate for their communities. But if that's not happening, there is no protection for the black person, black male specifically, when it comes to their interaction with the criminal justice or the court system. Like we like we're, we're, we're stuck in We're going to be stuck in this rabbit hole of trying to talk about, oh, we. We, you need to treat us like this. You need to treat us like this. You need to treat us like this. No, what needs to happen is black people need to get more educated on the on the front end to then take some of these positions of power on the back end to then destroy some of these things. Because let's be 100 percent honest with it. This all stems from institutional racism. You cannot compete or combat institutional racism from the outside. All you're going to do is pick it, riot and protest, but you're not going to get anything done from the outside. What, what it takes is getting in on the inside, infiltrating that system, and making sure that Black voices are heard and Black communities are taken care of. Nice. All right, Mel. Um, same question for you. Um, again, the male population, Black male population, according to the last Census Bureau, 21 million versus 21.7 million Black women. Uh, again, over the last three years, about uh, you know, approximately 600 black men have been killed at the hands of police and another nearly 7 million are currently incarcerated. Does that mean the black males need more protection? Definitely. The black males need more protection. The black men need, black males need covering too. Yes. I expect you to do your job. I expect you to be accountable, but black men also need covering. But I am of the mind that in the black community, we already have every damn thing we need. Like it's not up to white people. It's not up to anybody else. We have the buying power. We have a bigger buying power. We have big, a bigger spending power than any other race that exists. It's ironic that we're not the only, I don't even like this word, but minority, that, that word is a whole other thing. We can have a whole show on that. But anyway, um, minority, we're still, as Jay said, picketing. The fuck, what are we picketing for? Why am I asking a evil person 
who is in power mm -hmm. to relinquish their power for me. It'll never happen. These people, it's in their DNA to be the way that they are. It has literally been taught to them that the world is theirs and anything that they want, they can take it. Whether it is a country, a person, it doesn't matter. If you want it, you take it. So why am I going to you asking you to relinquish this power that, that is innate in you to me? This is what I feel. I feel that black people need unity. That's what I feel. I feel that black women and men, we need to heal the bullshit that we got going between us. Black men need to heal the bullshit they got going on between us, between them, gangs or whatever have you. I don't like you, whatever, but I need you. I need you. As a black woman, I need the black men and vice versa. We can't do this by ourselves. Second, we need to start controlling our dollar. That's the difference. We need to control our dollar. The black dollar stays in the black neighborhood less than six hours. It stays in the um, <clears throat> Jewish neighborhood up to 19 days. That is the difference. The dollar is our power. And once we can take that dollar and focus it into a place that we can get the structures in place that we can have control of the police, have the control of corporations and stuff like that, then we'll see a difference. I'm telling you, the issue is unity in our dollar. We're paying people to fuck us up. Sorry for the French. Oh, no, that's cool. Y'all, y'all, you must don't listen to the show, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm really not sorry, but everybody else is apologizing, so I figured it was the right thing. I got a lot of respect for Jamil. You know what and, I'm saying? Yes. I listen to the show. And um tell Josh I got something for him because that was the show that got up under my skin Ooh, the worst. You go on here. That's funny that you should say that. A bunch you know what? Want a piece of jazz. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we got we got something coming up too uh, in a few weeks. So a little teaser for everybody. Yes, I'm right. Josh Josh P. Nah, who Josh P is? All right, nah, it ain't the same Josh. No, 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 oh, okay. no, 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 Conservative. Yeah. He he wiggity white. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, we move on to the to the next question. Um, uh, we'll start with you this time, Mel. Um, currently, you know, women are outpacing men in both education and in their start to climb the economic ladder. Uh, do you feel this leads to intimidation that may lead to some? Black men being more aggressive and offering less protection. I feel like it's straight bullshit. Black women do what they have to do because they have to. I don't know any super strong black woman that is carrying the load of a black woman and a black man simply because she loves it. She does it because it's what she has to do because the black man has left the throne. I know we've been touchy-feely and all huggy-lovey and all of that stuff on this, but the real is, is that we don't hold our men accountable. Yes, they got issues outside. Yes, we have all this other stuff going on. But black men aren't being held accountable, especially when you can sit there and pass the buck and say, oh, well, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do because she made me feel this way. Now, that 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 to me is just, you know, just straight bogusness. I feel like if black men were more accountable to what they should be doing, to say, okay, look, I'm not going to have sex with this woman unless I'm ready to be a father and raise a child with her and have a family with her. And, and when we can sex. get there... Yeah. <laughs> you got to be specific. Well, that, okay, well, we'll say raw yeah. sex. I'm going to be real about it. 
that you can't you can't just do that. And even I could go deeper with that, but I won't. But but that is my whole deal. In this case, black men need to be accountable. They need to be responsible for what it is that they're choosing to do. They need to come back to the throne and and say, look, you know, everything's not perfect. Black women aren't perfect. But I'm not going to let that allow me to let myself off the hook. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do anyway. So that's how I feel. And that's that on that. Right. Uh, uh, damn, you didn't even use your phone. I was about to say, uh, damn. Yeah, damn. Don't say nothing else. Don't say nothing else. Y'all not going to play me while I'm on the phone. Y'all going to at least wait till my back. <laughs> Jay, Jay, question for you, man. Um, you know, again, women are outpacing men in both education and, and in their in their current cloud, like the pace um, and the economic ladder. Do you feel this leads to intimidation that may lead to black men being more aggressive? Yeah, um, I, I think it does. Now, is that any fault of women? No, um, but I think it does lead to intimidation um, of, of, of men. Um, I don't know that Y'all have seen seen it play out in person, but I have seen where power, the power dynamic kind of shifts in relationships. Um, we all want to be lovey-dovey and say, oh, yeah, you know, as long as we love each other and respect each other, blah, blah, blah. Until he say he want that PlayStation 5 and you say no. And he say, what? And you say, you don't, you don't make the money, and then you come around and you got a new car. Or something like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that it's right for men to feel that way, but I do think that some men are intimidated and it does stem from women being more educated, women being, um, uh, you know, sometimes the breadwinner um, in families or in relationships. Um, that's something that men have to internally work with, um, but it definitely leads, uh, leads to that intimidation factor. I think what's... Um, the other thing that we we see in society right now, man, everybody trying to listen to city girls and shit, and everybody trying to, you know, what I'm saying, have have a dude swipe them visas, you know what I mean, like, and so, but we hear that junk, we hear that junk all the time, and so we're trying to put ourselves in a position where we can do that, right? Like we can we can provide and do those things for our women, but then at the same time, when you get to a woman that doesn't need that and really don't need you, it's like, wait a minute, what? So why am I here? You know what I mean? So then it creates this this internal battle within um that again, it's no fault to the woman, but it act it does exist, right? Like men are told you gotta be be the provider, you gotta be ready, you gotta be stable, all that good stuff. But if they're not those things, they they feel intimidated. All right. Uh BZ up. Uh, I don't like that. BZ, would, you, would you like to say something? Uh Nobody said anything. Last couple of questions, BZ. You want to you want to comment on that? You want to take one minute? Yeah, sure. Uh, I definitely understand um, Jay's point on that, and I uh, respect the fact that he said he doesn't feel like it's right, but he definitely understands that it can be the case. But I'm gonna say no, and I feel like that's an excuse. And I feel like it also dates back to uh, how Mel was talking about earlier, where men make excuses for why they did something in regards to like rape, like oh she sat on my lap, so that's why I did it. Blah blah blah. I feel like it's an excuse. And I feel like we definitely cannot blame that on your aggression. You can't blame why you are 
uh, not successful on why you are aggressive. And uh, going back all the way to the beginning, like I said in the beginning, I feel like my wife saved my life and it's because I realized how successful she was from the very beginning of her leaving out of college. And to me, that motivated me to decide that I need to get off my ass and start doing something different. So I had a, a degree in criminal justice already, but I wasn't doing shit with it. So I decided that I needed to nut up and get my career started. So instead of men deciding that that's what is causing the aggression, they just need to change their lifestyle, figure out what the hell they need to be doing and do it. Oh, I definitely, I definitely agree with you. Real quick, because you said that a few times, you know, your wife uh, saved your life. Oh, yeah. My personal opinion, I think that's what's supposed to happen. Me too. In different ways, but I think that's, I think that's how the marriage should work. Yeah. Uh, But we might have to have another show about that. Oh yeah, you know um, I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, can I say? No, no, y'all no, 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 no. Hey, you hear the household? You got this <laughs> <laughs> Nobody don't feel sorry. Nope. Uh, nah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Jay, we can start with you first this time. Uh, Do you feel the evolution of the black woman has led to more exposure and celebration, which inherently feels like less protection? The answer to that question is just, I mean, uh, no, no. the evolution of the black women and the exposure that black women have, I think that's led to more um, protection. Uh, if we look back in history, black women have always been the least protected population on the face of this earth. Always. We, when we took, look at slaves, we always think about men. We don't think about all, we don't think about the white men that were raping slaves, having those women having to bear their children you know what I'm saying, and leave the black woman and their children away, you know, like send them somewhere else because oh, it can't be found out that he was sleeping with a black woman. Like, come on, man, that is, is, is bullshit. But I think what we got right now is um, black women are owning their spaces. Black women are creating spaces for themselves. Um, what we what we're seeing, you know, we look at Beyonce, right? Like, yeah, Beyonce, you know, she's a billionaire or whatever. You know, she's married to Jay-Z, but what she also has created is a platform that talks about specific issues. Oprah, same way. She has created this platform that talks about specific issues. Right, wrong, or indifferent, however you feel about them, they've created their own platform. In turn, leads to more exposure of not just Black women, but the issues in the community of Black women. Um, with bre- uh, breastfeeding is you know something that was like it, it was a trend a, a couple years ago for all women to you know be out here you know saying breastfeeding their women I mean, breast- breastfeeding their children um, but for specific black women you know black women were shamed in our communities for that uh, but I think we've seen people get exposure and and kind of end or or ease the shaming of black women specifically on breastfeeding and other issues as well. All right, Mel. Uh, of course, same question for you. Do you feel the evolution of the black woman has led to more exposure and celebration, which inherently feels like less protection? 
I feel like um, I feel like the the evolution of the black woman is beautiful. I feel like um, the power and the strength that black women are starting to come into, or I won't say starting to come into. I I feel like we're standing on our ancestors' shoulders because you know, had grandma and great grandma not stood up, I wouldn't be on here talking shit right now, like for real, for real, because I probably couldn't do what they did. So I think that the evolution of the black woman is so so beautiful and I look forward to seeing how it's going to continue to go for my grandchildren and my great grandchildren and so forth and so on so they're going to have way more mouth than I got let me stop but so <laughs> with, with <laughs> and so with it leading to um not feeling like not being protected I think the reason that we have evolved is because we felt that we weren't protected and I know that people like down feminism and all that stuff and people say oh you're a feminist and you hate men i mean i'm okay with being called a feminist but i absolutely do not hate men i i i hate that women are oppressed by some of the things that patriarchy has created but i absolutely don't hate men trust me and believe i do not hate men i have nine brothers i birthed two boys i have a beautiful husband i do not hate men i hate women being oppressed by a, a patriarchal system. So when you say that it leads to not feeling protected, women haven't been protected from the get-go. It, like we said, they were property. You know, there was even laws on books that said you can beat your woman on the steps of the state house grounds or something like that, but the stick had to be so small. Even in the Bible, it talks about if you rape your slave, your female slave, once you rape her, it's okay but you just got to keep her. You can't send her to another man because now she's dirty. You know, it's those types of things. So women have never been truly protected. And I think that's what's driving this evolution. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't want to take a one minute or, or give a one minute in between uh, this question. I just want to say this. You said you got nine brothers? <laughs> yes, by birth. Uh, My mom birthed nine boys. Nine. Nine wow. Okay. We gonna move. Trust me, trust me when I say I do I absolutely do not hate men. I love men. I hate patriarchy. I was just talking about 10 kids. I don't care if they was men or women. This is 10 kids. I, I love men. Oh yeah. Whew. Oh, it's another girl. It's a girl too. Another girl too. Two girls, she said, yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, okay, man. We're gonna start with you this time. Uh, do you feel like African American men value African American women? Hey, let me wait. Let me rephrase this question. Do you feel like black men value black women less than they value other races? Definitely, definitely. I feel like um, not all black men, but I feel like as a majority, black men t- tend to connect to standards of beauty that don't look like me. I feel like they connect to Europe, more European standards of beauty, where they have the straight hair, the long hair, they're flipping the hair, they have the lean noses, they have, you know, the the thinner bodies. Um, I feel yeah. like that's what they, call, or that the, that's the standard of beauty, and our black men have adopted that as well. Now, in the most recent decades, it sort of changed. I remember growing up and my mom doing a Jane Fonda tape. And Jane Fonda was like, okay, we're going to do this exercise because literally nobody wants a big butt. 
Nobody wants big hips. Like, ill. Like, she's saying this on the tape. And now you got these white women running to buy butts and buy everything that we have naturally. And then here come the black men again. Instead of them saying, no, I'm going to go and get what my sister had naturally. They're like, oh, y'all now with black women, you will not even need y'all no more because the thing that we wanted from y'all, we getting it over here. They eating collard greens and cornbread. <laughs> no, they're not. They're you know, that, that's what they're doing. So it's we, we have this saying that they love black shit, but just not on black people. And it's that same thing for for uh, white women, Latino women, or whatever have you. I feel like in a lot of cases, black men tend to find them more attractive and tend to feel more valued when they are with those types of women. Okay. All right, uh, Jay. Um, All right. Yeah, I got a question. I got you, man. Yeah, I got cool. you. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna start off with her last sentence when she said that black men feel more valued than um, from you know uh, women of other races. Um, I think that black men do typically, generally, feel more valued um, from from women from other races. But I think what ends up happening is uh, we. I'm gonna just say it. Fuck it. Um, we don't like we don't like being held we don't like being held accountable, man. And that's what black women do to us all the time. Black women hold us accountable, and sometimes it, it, it comes out harshly, sometimes it comes out sweetly. But either way, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you, you paint lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig, right? So um, I think that's what what we've seen a lot of times, man. A lot of black men just don't like that accountability that's held and that that black women hold um, for them. Um, Black men just got. I, I say in that regard, black men got to do better. But I'm gonna I'm gonna take this time to also say this: black women also have to stop thinking that black men are going to be this ready-made creature immediately. Like there's a lot of growing that has to happen, and I think some women, not all, but some black women, do not like the fact that men are in the process of doing or getting their shit together. Um, they want them to hurry up and get their shit together, whatever that you know looks like. They want that shit to be microwaved popcorn now, um, <laughs> and and it, and it don't work like that. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that's that's that is a piece of it. Um, but I don't know that black men value other women, other women of other races more than they value black women. I don't. I'm. I would venture to say that there's a lot of times that black men don't even like women outside of. Um, their race um none of the guys that i know none of them uh like anybody other than black women i personally would would i date yeah i would date somebody uh that is latin as a latino woman a woman or something like that but honestly i want to love and marry a black woman you know what i'm saying regardless of anything else and that's really how every other guy in my circle um is as well facts facts um uh, Warren, uh, do you want to take one minute to say something on this, or we gonna move on? Um, I just wish everybody I knew loved black women like that. My brother loved black women, but you know, I, I love his <laughs> girlfriend. <laughs> I ain't got no problem with it. Just, um, no, I think that uh, I do believe that the black woman is the least protected. But I know most of the guys I deal with, I, I we try to. You know, empower the black woman. We talk shit, y'all. You know, but 
at the same time, like, we here to protect y'all, too. That's why I talk so much shit and get so aggravated when y'all say that black men don't protect black women. Because that ain't me and my crew. Y'all just need, you know, I ain't gonna get started. Just stop fucking with the wrong men. That's it. <laughs> oh, let me tell you, you don't want to come for me because my husband will fuck you straight up and down. When I be speaking about that, I, I'm speaking in general. I'm speaking about other because I don't have that issue. I got a black man who will lay it down for me, and I'm grateful for it. But it's like, you know, I'm speaking in, in general that in what I see, I can turn on social media and see black men disrespect black women from yeah. from here to B- East Bumblefuck, like for real. And that's any day of the week. I see it. And right. it bothers me not because it's my ministry, but because I am a black woman. Right. Well, um... Hey, guys. This is Lamp with the Talking Animals. And have you ever planned a vacation and your friend that was supposed to watch your dog canceled on you? What about a family emergency and you needed a last-minute pet sitter? Whether you're working long days or nights, traveling for business, out of town on vacation, or faced with the last-minute emergency, your pet always has a home away from home with Champ Strong Kennels. They offer pet daycare, overnight boarding, and other pet care services. They even sell pet-themed apparel and pet items like bowls and mats on their site. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram at Champ Strong LLC or visit their website at www.champstrongllc.com. Tell them the Talking Animal sent you and make sure to use the promo code TA Podcast to get 15% off when booking with Champ Strong Kennels. Uh, I'll save I'll save my comments uh, for the sake of time. Um, Jay, you know this question. We'll start with you this time. You know, uh, do you feel that uh, black men or women have to be tough enough to handle themselves, so to speak? And has society not pushed that idea into our culture? So more so being tougher than other races. Um, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, society has definitely pushed that, uh, pushed that mindset on, on all of us. Now check this fly stuff. So after the civil war hit, what, like what were black folk given to be successful? Shit. <laughs> you ain't getting nothing. We still, we still out here hollering about 40 acres and a mule. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so at the end of the day, man, like black people in America have had to, they, they, like a lot of people want to talk about, oh yeah, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That's literally what our black community has been doing since 1865, when we would literally just say, hey, you ain't got to work for me no more, but you can't stay here. We ain't going to give you nothing. You got to go figure it out. That's literally all we've been doing since 1865, figuring shit out. You know what I'm saying? We've had to figure out how to make money, how to take care of our families, how to build a familiar structure. Like the family was intentionally broken. We've, we're having to figure all of that out. So individuals out here are still filling that shit out. We're still figuring that shit out. And so when we, we, we get to the point of, oh, yeah, you know, I got I to do this. I got to do that because ain't nobody else going to do it for me. Like, that's when we start talking about, oh, yeah, you got to be tough enough because, look, I, I'm going to make sure that I'm good 
before I make sure anybody else good because at the end of the day, nobody else is making sure that I'm good. I got to do that shit on my own, whether I'm male or female. I got to figure that shit out. Some people are successful at figuring it out. Some people are not. But that's where you, you see like where when we start talking about like our, our community, our community has to do a lot better um, uh, to make sure that people are prepared to figure that shit out when it comes to that time. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know that um, when we say, when we look at it in the in the terms of like positive or negative, I don't know that that is a negative thing or a positive thing. That is just a thing in the black community that we just have to mitigate. Okay, Mel, same question for you. You know, do you feel that black men and women have to be tough enough to handle themselves and has society not push that idea into our culture? <clears throat> Definitely. Absolutely. We have to be <laughs> bigger, badder, stronger, tougher, just to basically land, you know, beneath them. You know, right now in America, a black man with a PhD has the exact same earning power as a white man with a high school diploma. Okay. Speak that's, on that's it. God damn, speak yeah. on it. And, and that that's what we're working with. So just like Jay just said that we've had to figure it out from from jump. There are literally laws written on the books that, that cap um cap taxes for Jewish people just because they're Jewish. But they did something that we didn't do. So if we remember back before the civil rights movement, the Jews and the blacks were put into the ghettos. The Jews are not there anymore. Black people are still there. What did they do that we didn't do? Now they're looked at kind of as the standard of um, of, of uh, basically wealth. Yeah, but they started out right where we started out. So the thing about it is, is that, you know, what is it that they're doing that we're not? I feel like, you know, and this is going to sound real crazy, but I admire black people who figure that shit out in the hood. I don't like selling dope, but I like the mind of a dope dealer. You know what I'm saying? I don't like somebody who, who I don't like stealing, but I like the mind of a person who, because number one, you're, you're a risk taker. You know, you're, you're willing to, to do certain things. And I feel like if that's framed in a different way around a positive opportunity, that person who had the wherewithal to create a whole business, a whole drug scheme, you know, could actually take that and do something with it because they got the hustle. They they got the frame of mind to kind of put it together. They have the business acumen. It's just that they don't have the opportunity. And I'm not saying that drug dealing and stealing is okay. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, you know, the fact that we have a lot of talent that we don't have the opportunity to put behind. So we need to be, be in position to do that for our brothers and sisters. Lamp, you want to say something? Uh, no, I, I agree. Okay. All right. We'll move on to the next question. Mel, um, this time we'll start with you. Um, do you believe the mindset of most women, men and women, black black men and women, is uh, something that is learned from their surroundings and by their surroundings? Definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. The, Napoleon Hill, who I consider a mentor, he don't know me. He would dead if I was born, but I consider hey, him a, a mentor. Right, a hell of a book, um, <laughs> I like him. Yes, a few of them. But he has this thing where he talks about 
It's like a radio signal. So subconsciously, we become the people that we are around. So basically, if you are living in a house with somebody, then you don't necessarily have to be told everything. You know, I, I know I woke up one day and was like, damn, I sound like my mama. I look like my mama. I walk like my mama. And it, of course, part of it's genetics. But if, you know, she had given me up for adoption, I wouldn't have been that much like her. So he has this idea that um, the mind thing is like a radio wave. And it's like just being in the house and being raised by that person is is going to affect, um, you know, how you move, how you act, how you think and all of those things. I remember when we were really young, I had a friend who used to fight all the time. She used to fight all the time. But her parents were violent toward each other. Her father used to beat her mom like every damn day. And she would go to school and she would fight. And she would come home and her mom would say, well, I didn't teach you to fight. Like, <sighs> but you did. <laughs> you didn't tell me to fight. But, you know, in the environment that I'm in, that's what I picked up. You know, and it's, it's like until we I remember because I'm from St. Stephen, and, and until I <laughs> moved from St. Stephen, there are things that I did that I really thought were just normal everywhere until people were like, huh? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, wait, what? You don't do that? Wait, you don't say that? Well, you don't know what that is? And it's like, okay, wait a minute. So once I got moved out of my environment and got, you know, introduced to other things, it's different. But yeah, you absolutely become your environment you become what it is that you're around so i absolutely believe that you know those things actually shape you she says she's from saint steve shout out saint steve saint steve what do you know about saint steve saint steve man hey i'm not i'm not from saint Stephen, but my frat brother um he's from alvin he's from right there right there close to saint steve he's from there there's there's uh green they, green, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we know oh, Desmond, yeah, man. We, we know Desmond. We both from Alvin. Yeah, man. Yeah, hey, look, hey, that that that's my boy. That's my boy. I gotta call well, him tomorrow. That's a small right. world, bro. Like, I that is a small world. Extremely. <laughs> well, I had no idea. Did somebody Alvin the A? Uh, Did y'all just refer to Alvin as the A? We been really? referring to Alvin as the yeah. A before Joe. Yep. Oh, before, yeah, man. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm on. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Uh, let, let me go ahead and answer this question though. Uh, uh, so for so scientifically like absolutely like every single person um, learns their mindset from their surroundings um, but going a little bit deeper as it relates to race there's a whole theory out there uh, created by Gloria Ladson and Billings and William Tate called the critical race theory it basically says that people from different races experience the world in different ways through different lenses. Um, it challenges. So like in, in our, in our country, we have this, um, this mindset that whiteness is the norm. Um, but critical race theory challenges that very idea of whiteness as the norm. So when we look at um, how our country has, um, dealt with the race relations, what our country has intentionally done to people of color, you'll begin to see um, how black people specifically uh, have created a certain mindset um, that will last through time, right? Um, this, uh, people, people call it, uh, some people like to call it the victim mentality. Um, I like to call it the truth. Truth <laughs> is, 
we were brought here. We were stolen from a country or sold from a country when no one had any claim to us. We were brought over to a country where we had no history. We had no sense of direction. We had nobody here looking out for us. We were severely beaten. We were intentionally separated, intentionally broken. Our, our families were intentionally broken. Uh, and, and, and somehow or another, like people expected when when uh, Juneteenth happened, the first Juneteenth in 1865, you feel me? Oh, yeah, this was the black people are immediately, you know, uh, uh, brought out of that mindset um, that they were in. No, that's not how that worked, because then they were put in even worse situations where they weren't taken care of. They had no food and they had to figure out things on their own in a country that intentionally didn't want them to be there, but they had nowhere else to go. They didn't connect with Africa anymore because the culture had been broken down so much. So black people in America have a certain mindset because of the stuff that happened um, in our surroundings and in our environments. Hmm. All right, uh, Jay, this, uh, this next question, we're gonna start with you first. This next question mm-hmm. will come with a little bit of instruction before I actually start the question. All right. Uh, uh, with the question, uh, we want uh, both you guys to pick a side, to pick one, because there's two options for the question, right? Uh, so, okay. so to pick okay. one and use your two minutes on that one. So the question reads, what do you really think can be done to improve how black men can protect black women or vice versa? So, of course, we want you to pick, you know, what do you think can be done to improve how black men can protect black women or how black women can protect Black man, I just want you to pick one and use your two minutes. Well, I'm gonna say, I'm I'm gonna go um, how black men can protect black women. Um, black men can protect black women by not looking at black women as this oversexualized creature um, that is here specifically to serve the man. Right? I, I think that there's um, this mindset that. Um, our black women have to wear skirts down to their ankles, um, wear long sleeve shirts every day, have no hips, this, that, and the other. Like, nah, we saw a WAP come out, you know what I'm saying, last week, and we saw so many negative comments about a song that actually wasn't even that bad. We had yin yang twins when we were growing up talking about all skeet, 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 skeet. You know what I'm saying? Mystical opened the song saying he was walking in with his dick in his hand. I mean, like, <laughs> what, like, what else do black women have to do to just be, right? They like sex just like we like sex. They want to be educated just like we want to be educated. They want to be in this world and not fear uh, uh, certain things just like we want to be in this world and not fear certain things. So I think what black men have to do is stop looking at women as this lesser creature and start looking at them as a person, right? They are people. Forget gender and all that. They are people. Gender really only matters when you are in a relationship with that person. There is no other time that gender actually matters. In the workforce, gender does not matter. And uh, when you're walking down the road and it's somebody that you don't know, gender really doesn't matter. Gender only matters when you are in a relationship with that person and you all create roles for each other or agreed upon roles in that relationship. And they may not even be gender roles. There may be something that men typically do that 
the woman wants to do. I don't know many women that want to mow grass, but she may want to mow grass. All right, cool. That's the role that she wants to do. And it works for y'all situation. Then it works. But really and truly, we got to stop looking at women as this this uh, lesser than person, this lesser than creature, and just look at them as human beings. They are people just like we are people with emotions, thoughts, and opinions, just like everybody else. All right. Mel? Um, again, where is your- Okay. Beautiful answer, James. I agree 100%. Beautiful answer. So mine is just two parts. Number one, understand that we are capable of emotions beyond mad and attitude. It seems like for Black women, that's all we get. We don't get to be sad. We don't get to be disappointed. We don't get to be unhappy. We don't get to be any of those things that women of other races get to be. They get to be fully women. But with us, it's two things. Oh, she mad. She got an attitude. And mad is not even emotion. That's a reaction to some emotion. So if you disappointed her, her reaction to that may be anger. So anger is not an actual emotion. It's an action that's based on an emotion. So we need to take that out. We need to allow women to be women. And that's the thing that we we don't really do. Women aren't able to, to be wrong. We're not able to fall. We're not able to make a mistake. We're not able to do those things and still get love and be loved. You know, is we have to be perfect. It's like, you know, somebody was like, oh, we're talking about my mom. Oh, my mom is so perfect. Why does she have to be perfect? Why can't she be completely flawed and still garner your love and respect? That's number one. Women need to be able to, to, to feel that full spectrum of emotion and express that and 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 we need to be able to feel and trust that we can do that with you without judgment. Um, number two is we need to be heard. We need to be heard. And I don't mean just with the ear. I mean completely understood to the point where, you know, if I say I feel ABC, you don't rebut with saying but that means X, Y, Z. No, 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 no. I said ABC. You respect it. You leave it there. And that's the end of it. So we need to be able to be fully women and we need to be heard. All right. Um, you know, it sounds like, uh, well, obviously, you, you know, you both chose the same same side on that question uh, to go at, but with uh, very different answers. Um um, I want to take you know a moment now, um, as that was actually our last question. Um, as I mentioned, uh, into the debate. I hope y'all doing scoring at home. I'll tell y'all mine next week oh, after not, this airs. Now he done stopped talking like Don Lennon. He tried to call me out. Talking about oh, you going back? I mean, to I had to make, I had to make sure me, I was clear. Bro. You know, let me know. ask you a question, bro. What, yeah, let me ask you a question. Since we both chose the same side. Why don't we both answer the second part of that question real quick? Well, to answer that, Jay, I don't like people coming on here trying to change my show. <laughs> oh, okay, good, good. Hey, I'm just asking. Hey, nah, I'm living in. Nah, nah. Nah, go, go ahead, man. That's a good idea, man. Nah, I, I think 
I think I think we'll have different perspectives um, on that part of it. Okay, go ahead. Um, I think black for what black women can do to um, protect black men is understand that men do not have the emotional. Uh, we're not we're not taught the emotional intelligence um, that is created. Um, or, or that is taught to women. We're not taught to be to be um, to be able to feel sad and, and, and that be normal. We're not taught to you know cry it out and that be normal. We're not taught uh, a, a lot of those um, softer things. So when you come to us and you hit us with you know or, or something's going on in our world, you know what I'm saying? We're dealing with it, and you hit us with a man up. Like we're gonna look at y'all crazy. Y'all not supporting us. Like and like and and it's it's so bad within the black community. And I know I've been like I'm I'm on like I love black women. I be on black women's side a lot. But I'm I I see too much of nah. I want my man to be a real man. What the fuck does that mean? Because if that man gets if something going on in his life and he cries and that makes him less than a man, I. Like, what the fuck are we actually talking about? You know what I'm mean? like, why are you even here if I can't be emotionally vulnerable around you? You know what I'm saying? You basically like everybody else out there in the world. You know what I'm saying? So nah, like, like stop make stop expecting us to be this uh to be this hard character all the time because it's not gonna happen. Like we're we're gonna get emotional at some point. And when that happens, support us. We're gonna fail at some point. Everybody does. Don't tear us down when we fail. Support us. Help build us back up. That failure, that moment is a turning point in so many people's lives. And instead of supporting and and, and helping a person get through that, a lot of black women will either leave because of that failure or they'll stay, but they'll complete they'll continuously remind you of that failure and why you aren't good enough. And I personally feel like black women need to stop doing that bullshit. Like that's, that's one of the things that I personally feel is, is a detriment to black men. Black men get a lot of shit wrong. We get a lot of shit wrong, but damn, can we be wrong about other things that don't have anything to do with black women and still be supported when we're wrong or when we fail or when we feel emotionally about something, because we don't get a lot of that. I look at Facebook too much, and I see uh, way too much actually. But I don't see <laughs> a lot of support in, in in those ways, right? I see more of the oh nah, like you can't be this emotionally soft person, whatever, whatever. Because if you are, you're less than a man. So I think black women just need to un- just they just need to understand like yo these emotions are real they are raw and we're gonna have them but don't don't make us feel like we shouldn't have emotions because that shit is just gonna go completely left for our lives and how that manifests there's no there's no telling but but yeah I'm pretty sure I went over my two minutes <laughs> man what you think. Well, um, y'all do show emotion because let your team lose. Y'all niggas crying, but I ain't gonna say that. But okay, mind my business. Y'all know how to show emotion. Oh yeah, um, can you read the question again? Sorry. <laughs> um, 
is uh it was what do you really think can be done to improve how black men protect black women, vice versa? So y'all answered from the same perspective. Y'all switch that now. Okay, again, I agree with what Jay said. Um, and I'm gonna just speak for myself personally. I I watch my husband. My husband is a very, very strong black man. Um, he he doesn't, he's not a great communicator. And like most black men, y'all don't communicate well. Do, am I lying? I think I communicate well. I don't know. I, I feel like it's one of them things that's like lumped together, just like a lot of this other shit. Like when people say y'all, like I feel like even even when it comes down to like, uh, you know, picking females over like liking the non-black females, I don't think that y'all apply to everybody. Black uh, men, men do have a hard time communicating, but y'all like to me means all, and I don't think that really applies well. Oh, no, not all, but the overwhelming majority. I mean, let's just keep it all the way fun. I think the shady ones. Black men are not the, the great, great communicators. I think I think them fuckers y'all talking about, yeah, <laughs> and they over yeah. they overpower. <laughs> That's why you know when all, all the people y'all be addressing when y'all say y'all, I just look at them and say the motherfuckers trashed. Well, yeah, that might be the case too, but mine ain't trash. He's just not a good communicator. But <laughs> so, you know, it's and so that that that's a, a real barrier. But like you guys said, you weren't taught to emote. You weren't taught to do these things and taught to be open with your feelings and and stuff like that. So if you're not taught about your feelings, how are you going to talk to communicate your feelings? It just cool. it just doesn't make sense. So um, what I'm saying is, you know. Uh, for a lot of times you, you don't communicate very well. And a lot of times you don't even really know how you feel. I feel like in, in, in when I'm saying this, I'm speaking for the good black men. I'm not speaking for the duds. Now, um, I feel like you know how to act. I feel like you know how to provide, you know how to go to work, you know how to pay bills, you know how to do those things. But then when it comes to the intimate things that we need, that's not something that you really know. So for me, I know that I watch my husband and this can go for a lot of black men because it's not just my husband. There are a lot of black men that I know that are like this, that work really hard. And it, there's a part of me that understands why fathers put into their sons that they can't be emotional. And it's because you got so much shit to deal with. You have to carry your wife. You have to carry your children. You have to deal with the bullshit from outside. You have to deal with the failures. You have to deal with all of this stuff. And if you're not strong enough, then, you know, that's something, it'll, it'll crumble, it'll collapse, you know, and masculinity in itself is just sexy. It, it, it's because, you know, men are, you know, they're warriors and you go out and kill and you bring the food home and you do all of those things. So for that reason, one of the things that I do is I ensure my husband gets a break. We got to make sure that you guys get a break. You have to make sure that there's something in his schedule where it's just his time, his faith, his alone time, the favorite thing that he likes to do, the favorite thing that he likes to eat. I personally feel, and I'm not a man, obviously, but I personally feel like that's a good way that women can support our men. Um, but let me just tack this on. Men, if you want this treatment, you're going to have to make sure that she's no, whole. No, 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 no. Because if she's lacking... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just giving you game. If she's lacking, it's not going to happen. So yes, you can pay the bills, but you have to make sure that you're taking care of her and not just her. So roof. ultimately, can, we do, that, can we do that? Going hold on one second, one second. So ultimately, 
Chanel saying that. Hold on. Women. Hey, I, I, Warren heard what I heard. Yeah. Warren heard what I heard. <laughs> Ultimately, male is saying that, hey, y'all trash. And because y'all trash, we're going to allow y'all to do, I mean, we need y'all to do this. So I still got that men needed to change to fix the situation. From, no, 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 no. We're going to help y'all do this because y'all, you know what I'm saying? So, see, and I, no. I'm going to tell you what I heard. Um, what I heard was, yeah, we'll protect you contingent upon. Right. That's what I was about to head to. Bingo. That's what I was about to hit. So ultimately, it still falls on me. Let me please speak to that. Let me please speak to that. Because that's something that we went really deep with in premarital counseling. And our premarital counselor, a very, very smart man, he broke it down. And this goes to that saying, people are like, oh, happy wife, happy life. He's like, that's absolutely factual. And here's why. It's because of the way that women are built. God gave women a thing called a womb. So a physical and a and a in a figurative womb. So whatever you put into her, she will nurture and it will grow. Whether it is a physical seed and semen and she's going to grow you a baby or whether it's an idea or a feeling, if you plant that in her, it is going to grow. So what happens is women become unable to give you what you need if she doesn't have what she needs. So all I'm saying is that if you, and I'm talking about a good woman, a sane woman, if you plant the right thing in her and what you do, that will come back to you. But if you leave her, you don't plant anything in her, or if you leave her to decide what it is, then something is going to grow in there and it's not going to be in your favor. So it's, it's the way we're built. We're not, we're not really capable of giving you everything you need if we're carrying a bunch of shit. It's just Damn. not, it's just not, it's just not possible. And I I'm not saying love. what I'm saying you. is you, what you need is extremely important. And I just told you how to get what the fuck you need. <laughs> I just told you. I know, you. but see, we got to do something. Hey, listen, 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 check this out though, Warren. Like, I, cause I, I hear what you say, too. you know, that he said happy, happy wife, happy life. And he broke it down to describe how the womb and all that. But like planning, Planning doesn't work at all if your seed is a dud and the guy is producing the seed. So I don't agree with happy wife, happy life. I agree with happy spouse, happy house. Because without the seed, it doesn't no good to put it in the womb because ain't right. shit gonna happen. Both of y'all need to be but happy. That's kind of how I look at what it. You're missing, what you're missing is this right here. Okay, so the purpose. What the, what's the purpose of marriage? What is the absolute purpose? The base. The base purpose of marriage. What is the, what is the reason for people to get married? Oh, that's so broad. I feel like everybody got a different reason. I think because society, no, none of society them. says do the shit. Be honest. And the Bible. Well, let me help you. The reason, and yeah, and we're gonna. I, I like the Bible sometimes, but God's purpose, as it has been taught to me and and been described to me, and I can show you the paperwork that I got on it, is to serve, for her to serve him, and for him to serve her. The problem that we run into in marriage is that people think that they get married for love and they get married for this and that. Your purpose in marriage is to serve the other person. So if you are serving the other person and they're serving you, then you both should be okay with, with what's happening. But the fact of the matter is men weren't given a womb. When Men weren't given a womb. 
So you're going to have to make sure that this woman is whole because if she doesn't have what she needs, she's incapable of giving you what you need. That's all I'm saying. And it's not a competition to say, I, I'm not going to give it to her because she should give it to me too. Yes, she should. But this is how you get it. You make sure she has what she needs. And I'll just say for my husband and I, when things are good and, you know, stuff like that and everything, and, you know, we're both, you know, on that, I'm like, yes, please take your time. Go out with your friends. Go shoot pool. Go have a drink. Go do this. Go do that. But when I'm feeling feeling neglected and he decides to go out and do those things, then it feels like those things are more important than me rather than necessary. That's the difference. That's the difference. And I'm not saying that a woman's feelings are more important than a man's. That is absolutely bullshit. Like, that's not the case. I'm saying that. I'm just messing with you, man. You know we talk shit. We going back to when a woman says something, we're going to take it at face value, right? So that that's all I'm saying is that you know that for me is the thing, and and just you know I know y'all know this too. If your woman is whole, she cooking more, she cleaning more, she doing all these other things, rather than if she's not feeling that love and that connection that she needs to feel, then you ain't getting shit because she don't have anything to give you. And that's the whole. It's so crazy how different people are, man. My wife values sleep so much. Like, I can go shoot some pool, get a drink, anything, as long as I get the fuck up out her face and let her go to sleep. <laughs> I'm my, I, I can go, I can go I'm anywhere. Getting, I, you know, as long as I watch TV. She be hitting, she better hit me up tomorrow morning. Where you at? I'm going to do all No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the sprinter on the way to yeah. dinner. <laughs> but yo, we're gonna lock we're gonna lock this yeah. up, I got because you know me and Bees will pop up in New Orleans for real. <laughs> Hell <laughs> yeah. Anywho, um I wanna thank y'all for coming out, Mayor. Don't do it while she's sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna thank y'all for coming on the show, man. I got a lot of respect for both of y'all. Y'all made me tank.